Welcome to the Success Inspired Podcast, a business and personal development podcast to help you accomplish more in life and realize your true potential. And now here is your host, Fit Muller. Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Success Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, Vit, and my guest today is a founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company helping ambitious entrepreneurs, creatives, and leaders in the workplace to create unmatched income while living an uncompromised, delightful life, free from overwhelm, burnout, or financial constraint. Please welcome to the show, Amira Alvarez. So good to be here, Vit. Great to have you on the show, Amira. Great to have you show. I'm excited to talk to you today because I know that you've been able to have a breakthrough in your own business. What's that breakthrough been like for you? Absolutely. So the the big breakthrough, which happened a number of years ago, but still feels like this, this great, amazing thing was going from having, you know, really pushed hard to cross the six figure mark to to making 700K in one year, going from 138 to 700K in one year. That was my big breakthrough, my big, at least from the financial side. And I, and I will say that, that it was a financial breakthrough, but it was also an inner game, mental, emotional breakthrough as well. And then from that point, you know, I've scaled the business, it's crossed seven figures. It's been really quite an amazing journey. We keep growing. I love it. I love what I do. The money is amazing, but it, and I will say that when I was struggling to make money, that was like a big, a big push for me, right? Like a big driver for me. And, and now, although money is a great metric for, for scaling and impact and, and what we've been able to do, some of the other things that I do are, are much more important to me than just the money. But that was the big breakthrough. Yeah. That's awesome. Now tell the listeners just so they know what do you what do you do exactly? I know I've sort of mentioned a little bit in the intro, but if you want to unpack that a little bit more. Absolutely, 100%. So fundamentally, I help entrepreneurs, particularly women entrepreneurs. So but there are some men behind the scenes, like I just did a VIP day with someone who has a great business, and he just wants to get it to the next level. And fundamentally, I look at what's stopping someone from taking the action or seeing the actions that they need to take to, to scale their business. And so I look at business model, business plan, things like that. But the thing that helps people the most that, that causes the breakthrough. So not just my breakthrough, but, but their breakthrough, right? My clients have crossed seven figures in a year, like all the, all that crazy, amazing stuff is the inner game piece how they see themselves, their self-image, their, their sense of self-worth, their belief structure about the way the world works. And that's where I really, that's the secret sauce. I work at the level of identity and beliefs. And if I can help you change that so that you start seeing yourself as someone who can do this bigger thing, achieve the goals that you consciously say that you want, but you've been hitting a invisible barrier over that's, that's where the, the shift happens. That's where the, the big breakthroughs happen. And, and it comes out in the results, the financial results, the impact results. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, this is a perfect topic for this podcast because we've got so many business owners, entrepreneurs, want to be business owners, 
as well as people who just want to live better lifestyle. So it's great to have you here today and 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 really look forward to to unpack all and go into all that, dive into it deep into the detail. Uh, tell me, let's get this started. Tell me, how can find somebody start that process of finding the inner peace? Because like you said, that is the key, right? Having that inner peace, understanding oneself, being able to, you know, things like self-reflect, I guess it's 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 a critical thing uh, among many other good attributes. But some some people don't, don't really have that. They, they're not really in tune with their body. They maybe think too much about external what other people think about them and and that's how they you know perceive uh, success when people give them credit or things like that so how, what would you say to somebody who is perhaps in that stage and wants to make a shift yeah so so i would i think you're describing me before i made the shift right like i was very much concerned i was very externally driven I was wondering, not necessarily, I didn't know it was what people thought of me, like from a status perspective, but it was more, am I doing the right thing? Are people going to judge me? Are they going to criticize me? And, and you can't please everyone. So it's a, it's a unwinnable game that you're playing, Mm -hmm. but it's how we're brought up. Many of us were brought up to jump through hoops to please our, our parents, the people who gave us love and security and all sorts of really great things, but we, it, it gets mapped internally. So then you start thinking that that's how you have to show up now as an adult to get that kind of security that you want through your business and through your, your interpersonal relationships. And fundamentally, the thing that, that I had to do was, I'm going to back up three or four feet here. And, and say, when I was, my story was, you know, that I had been three years in business. I had crossed the six figure mark. I was proud of myself for that as a solo entrepreneur, but I couldn't work any more hours. You know, it was the end of the day. I was trying to get one more thing done. I was late for dinner. I couldn't juggle all the balls. I, I hadn't showered by the end of the day because I was like, I got up and was just straight on the laptop, right? It was non freaking stop. It was not sustainable. And I really had to stop and go, this cannot be how someone creates success. It's just like it, this, this cannot be it. And I looked around and I'm like, okay, the Uber successful do not do this. But this is what I believe. I believed that if I just worked hard enough and I was honest and a good human, that I would get ahead. And to some degree, that's true. But on many other levels, that is not the, the ticket, the, the path. And I didn't, I didn't understand that. So I would say to answer your original question, the, the fundamental thing that I was going after in the beginning was how to make an income breakthrough. I, I understood that I needed to make more money so that I wouldn't be um, struggling so much. And in the, but I was waking up every morning in anxiety and panic, right? And I was going to bed thinking I'm still on the hamster wheel of not enough and, you know, just endless cycle of the to-do list. Mm. And so I did want that inner peace, but fundamentally I thought that the money was going to give me the inner peace. And I'm going to be really straight with you guys. The money helps. Okay. You can hire team, you can hire systems. Like you, like there are things that money truly helps, but the way that I got inner peace, and by the way, 
is not perfection. Okay. I have my ups and downs. Okay. I want to, I want to be transparent. So inner peace, I am not a sort of the guru in the cave and, you know, living some level of perfection. Okay. But I live a really delightful life and I have a great life and my attitude has completely changed. And the way that I got there was through the business journey. Okay. was through learning these universal laws that I teach. We can get into that if you'd like, but these, these universal laws of success and applying them to everything that I did. And it caused me to grow as a human. It caused me to grow and confront the old belief structures that were keeping me small, keeping me, you know, in that pattern that you brought up of like, you know, fear of rejection. What are people going to think? And, and I had to really do the work to grow myself. And in that process, I thought I was going after the money, but really what I was going after was that inner freedom. Finding yourself. Yeah. And, 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 but through the business, hold really wanting those goals, using these laws, that's how I caused myself to grow so much that I got to a place of really loving myself, having internal freedom, not feeling uh, the monkey on the back and also nice little consequence, making some significant money. So it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. Well done. Well done. So that, that process, that journey, and this is something I can refer to myself because I've had a business that I run back in Sydney for, for a good of 10 years. You go through a process and every day you're kind of hustling, right? You're just trying to make it. You're trying to make it and you think that doing more is the way to get there. But you're, you said one important thing and that is money is actually really important in that process because until you can make and uh, until you can generate some profit, that you can then invest to hiring a, a, a VA and, and they're not expensive, by the way, VAs are very affordable. Um, if you get a good one, obviously as well, but uh, point being, if you think that, and this is to- talking to you guys listening, um, sort of following up on what Amira said is point being is that, uh, you know, if you want success, you can't do it all by yourself. There's no way. Like like you said, there's only that many hours in a day. And so you can only do certain things. So what's the number one important thing? If you're trying to make an impact, you're not you're not gonna be able to do it yourself, really. Some do, but it's it's in general not really. So your number one focus should be to generate a product or service or something and keep it simple and good give it one hundred percent focus to that start selling that thing because that revenue that income will will allow you to build your team hire people delegate invest in coaching you know as well but it'll help you free up your time so then you can put yourself into that entrepreneur seat and and you can start driving other initiatives other you know building other services other products all to help the ultimate mission, you know, whatever your mission is to, to let's say, make an impact on a million people in the world in one area or something like that. So that's, that's the way I see it. That's, that's for me. That's my, that's my, that's my point of view on that. Would you agree, Amira? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to, to add to it. I think that's a good fundamental place to start. It's in, in terms of scaling, you need to 
be making money so that you can hire people, right? And to make your your life easier. But there's a there's a lot of additional things that I I'd love to add to that conversation. Absolutely. One yeah, is, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, that I think of it not just as a product and a service, but I uh, I think of what what value are you adding to this world? Okay? The, the law of compensation, I mentioned these laws, the law of compensation says you'll be compensated according to the need for what you do, your ability to do it, and the difficulty in replacing you. So the need for what you do is there's a problem that needs to be solved. Big problem, big solution, right? Big problem, you're, you can charge a higher, uh, higher rate for it, okay? If, if you are dealing with you know, something that a Q-tip solves, right? Like you got wax in your ears, like that's a small problem, but a lot of people have a small problem. That's okay. Right. Mm. But you need to know where you are in that, that spectrum. So the law of compensation says you'll be compensated according to the need for what you do. Do you solve a problem? Okay. And, and how much value are you giving when you solve that problem? And then the, your ability to do it. Okay. How much value are you giving in your ability to do it? When I first started coaching years and years and years ago, I wasn't as good a coach as I am right now. Now I can sit down with someone and in 15 minutes go, and I can like dial in exactly what is going on for them. The, my ability is so much higher that saves people a huge amount of time. That's worth something more. That's more valuable. Time is valuable. Okay. And the, the difficulty in replacing you. Are you putting yourself in a commodity place or are you personally adding so much value to this world that like, I want to work with you, Vit, right? Your unique way that you add value is what's going to allow you to be compensated at a higher level. But most people are afraid to step out and truly be themselves, truly express themselves, okay? They're afraid of what you started this, this podcast out, off with, which is that fear of criticism, okay? And that's always going to trap you. It's just going to keep you small. And that was, those were some of the biggest internal game, moving pieces that I had to work through to really scale my business. I was making it so much harder than it needed to be because I wasn't valuing myself and I wasn't then expressing that value to the world so now give me give me two two amiras give me an amira before before you found that breakthrough and then amira right now what question is what's your definition of success and give me give me old amira and give me new amira okay the the previous amira was just totally like Show me the money. I, I'm, I know that doesn't put me in a great light, but when you don't have enough, it's a really big effing deal. Okay. Like that was success for me. I wanted to meet my, my goal for the year. Okay. And, and it, and it drove me in, in both, you know, human beings are driven by fear and they're driven by desire and pleasure. And I had both with those things. And, and that was really big. So I'm not necessarily, I was going to, I was going to diminish that. I was going to say, I'm not necessarily proud of being driven by money, but I think, you know, this is the case for so many people. Okay. That like, 
come on already. Like, it's great when you're a freaking billionaire and you can say money isn't everything. Okay, sure. But when you're not making enough and you're, you're freaked out about paying your credit card bills or, or whether you should buy this or this on Amazon. Like I used to make buying decisions about whether I should buy the $13.99 thing or the $17.99 thing and would spend, you know, an hour comparing the two. And because I, that's the lens through which I saw the world. Okay. Mm. And, and because I really didn't have that much money. Okay. So it made a difference to me. That's not a good use of an entrepreneur's time. Once you start making money that, that, that kind of, you need to learn how to make decisions quicker. Okay. That's not going to be a good <laughs> use of your time. So now in terms of how I see success, I love Earl Nightingale's definition of success. It's the pursuit, the continuous pursuit of a worthy ideal right? So your, if, if you are staying unstoppable, so my company's name is the unstoppable woman. And the concept is it's not that the, the challenges of business don't continue or that, you know, the waves of stuff don't come. You're always going to have something that is entering your, your day-to-day life as an entrepreneur and business owner. Can you stay unstoppable? What, what happens when you, you hit those those little hiccups, those challenges. Mm. And if you stay persistent, if you manage your mindset, if you continue to move forward, you continue to grow and you keep going after what you want. That to me is success. Plus I'm going to add one more thing. If you can manage your thinking. Okay. Because that's where personal freedom comes in. That's where internal freedom comes in. There are a lot of rich people who are unhappy because they don't know how to manage their thinking. Mm. Okay. Your greatest power is your power to choose. You have the ability to choose how you think about anything that's coming into your world. If you're able to, you know, the, the, there could be chaos around you, right? We've had COVID we've had, you know, maybe there's a, you know, a bankruptcy or fraud in your business, right? Can you handle maybe, maybe half your team quits all at once, right? Like, can you handle what happens and still live a delightful life, still be happy, not be thrown like down for the count. That to me, that's success. Yeah. Having that ability to, not, it's not even an ability, but, but having that thicker skin basically, right? When you've got your vision, you know where you're going with it. And as long as you believe in your principles your own personal integrity and the values. If you believe in all that, if you believe in yourself, then go with it. And then things will happen along the way, right? There's always going to be roadblocks. There's always going to be somebody maybe leaving your team or screwing things up or uh, trying to, you know, hurt you or whatever, you know, there's always going to be obstacles along the way. Along the way and there's also going to be daily things that pop up that sort of might not be in your plan, but, the ability to focus on that bigger picture, that vision, that, you know, what you ultimately want to achieve, right? That's what you're referring to. The ability to let, just let a shake off your shoulders, just carry on. Team, lost your team? No worries. Well, get your, get your minds in a state of, state of resourcefulness and start thinking laterally. Okay, they left. All right, what are we going to do? Where do I going to seek new team? Rather than, and, and, and I guess 
that's a mindset of a positivity, having that positive mindset, a solution-based mindset, rather than thinking about the past or thinking about what, what others are doing to you and blaming you on others. Always take responsibility and, and then you'll be all right. Yeah. So, so fundamentally, I think what happens for, for people is we have a whole conversation in our head right? You might be, you might be letting it roll off your skin as you're walking through the world. People might not see that you're hurting inside or you're frustrated inside or you're in chaos inside. That's not personal freedom. That's putting on a good show. That's, that might even be being a good leader. Okay. You, you, you're projecting cool, calm leadership out there in the world. But if you inside your head are ruminating over something. If you are, as you said, blaming someone or having a conversation about like why this is so bad, why this has got you down, why this is a, a problem, even if it's just around like being exhausted at the end of the day, mm. right? You, you're, you're, if you're saying to yourself, oh my God, I'm so freaking tired, okay? That's not managing your internal thought process. You are in charge of that. No one else is doing that thinking, but you, you're in charge of that. And if, if you keep thinking in ways that aren't conducive to success, mm. aren't conducive to feeling great in this world, living a delighted life, delightful life, right? That's not freedom. If you're on autopilot on it versus choice on your thinking, that's not, that's not freedom. If you have a hundred percent control, and I guess we were talking about success. So mm. to me, that level of freedom in my mind is success. When I am able to choose my thoughts and have it be like nothing touches my thinking, that's when I'm that's when I have like today was a successful day. Now, one way to get there is obviously, like you said going through that journeys where you go learn about yourself by going through that business journey. But there are other important elements to that. One of them is keeping good health because it doesn't matter how strong your mindset or experience that sort of shape you are, unless you, unless you're physically fit, healthy is not going to be your true potential. So on that note, Amira, what do you do to keep yourself at your best? Yeah. So sleep is my number one good health tool. I have to say it's like, I'm a baby about sleep. I'm like, give me my eight, nine hours. If I don't get it, I'm, 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 I'm unhappy. Okay. So sleep is number one, solid sleep. Some people don't need as much as I do, but solid sleep, then quiet, peaceful time that is just to myself so that I have time to, to think that my, that, that gives me, you know, my, my days are very full with lots of meetings, lots of external energy that I'm giving out. If I'm not replenishing my energy, then I'm not healthy. I, I, I can feel myself suffer. Then excellent food. I buy high quality food and, and I personally thrive on high protein and, and good fresh vegetables. That's like my, my happy place. And then I'm out every day with my dog, um, either taking a walk or a run something to get some fresh air. So it's, to me, it's not a complicated, I don't have a complicated routine, but that's what I do to, to stay in good health. 
Yeah, look, sounds like you've got a nice balance. You talk about having the time for yourself. So that's basically managing your stress to balance out and buffer out the workload and the external demands of your business. You talk about good sleep. Sleep is so important. When we sleep, it's when our body, when our brain actually finally gets a chance to to recover. I like to refer to, you know, in the old days when you had all those those old desktop computers, you, you'd need to defragment the disks. I don't know right. if you remember that. So you put defragmentation, it was like a 24-hour process and you literally, it's a process of, for those of you guys who, who are not sure what, this is all what I'm talking about. It's basically a process where your computer goes and sort of puts the ones and zeros on your hard drive or looks at the ones and zeros because that's how the data is stored, right? It looks at there and looks if there's any gaps or any sort of a mess in how it's all stored. And it just cleans up. It's like going into your bedroom and just cleaning up your mess. So it's now tidy. So that's what defragmentation is. Computers do that so that they can perform better and they can look up files quicker, data in your, on your hard drive quicker. Same thing happens to your brain. You sleep, your brain needs to, at the end of the day, you know, all those experiences from the day, it needs to store them. It needs to sort of put them in the right order. It needs to sort of clean itself up, you know, from the stress, from everything. And, and so that's where street sleep is so important. Other uh, physiological benefits of sleep are obviously recovery from your muscles, recovery of your muscles, recovery of your tissues, your organs, everything. So it's so crucial, so crucial. It doesn't, doesn't need to be nine hours. I mean, it works for you, Amira, but for some, it might be six hours and that's fine. The key is quality, quality sleep. And so anyway, I'm not going to go on too much detail, but there's many, many resources. If you look up, you know, benefits of good sleep, you can, you know, look up some good sleep hygiene not hygiene, hygiene, like, you know, washing your hands, but practical things that you can do, like not staring at your phone just before you go to bed, you know, digital detox, we refer to it as make sure that you don't, you know, stuff yourself up with food just before you go to bed and things like that, things like that. So yeah, so ultimate being, the point being is that you got to look after your body. Otherwise, there's no way you're going to be able to perform at your best as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, trying to scale things up. And so if you're not, and you're constantly in that stress and fight or flight mode, you're not looking after yourself. If you're not sleeping well, then you will constantly have, have that fight or flight mode. And, and, and if, you, if you're at a stage where you were, Amira, what you said, you know, beginning, you were hustling every day and taking laptop to the bed, things like that, waking up, laptop next to you, maybe you jump straight back on and get on emails. That's so unhealthy, right? That's so unhealthy. And there's no way you'll be able to actually perform well, because when you're in that fight or flight mode, your cortisol levels constantly up. Your body's trying to, you know, trying to fight this, 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 all this stress. It keeps the adrenals on nonstop and that leads to adrenal fatigue, chronic, chronic fatigue. And you can't really think properly. Because when you're at stress, your IQ goes down. It's actually one thing that people don't realize. If you're hustling, hustle is good, but you got to have that buffer. And if you don't, if you're constantly hustling 24-7, well, guess what? You're actually not working at your maximum peak of intelligence. Your brain is tired, literally tired, overburned, and you start making stupid decisions, poor decisions, that actually derail you from the path towards success and actually you know, start taking steps steps backwards. And then because you think you're hustling, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to go even harder because it's not working. So I have to, maybe I have to work even harder, right? And that's a... Been there. I've, yeah, I've been there too. <laughs> so I, 
There you go. What were some of your toughest experiences in launching and growing your coaching business that really challenged you, Amira? So many. So here's the thing. You know, sometimes these questions are hard for me to answer because I've moved through them and now it doesn't, I don't even think of them as being tough then. It's such a perspective shift on it. But, you know, you know, fundamentally in the beginning, you know, it, it, it is like you, you have to do everything yourself. There's so much that you want to accomplish. There's a, there's, it, it does feel like moving a boulder up the hill a little bit, you know, like you're just pushing hard. I think that the level of intensity was probably some of the hardest things, you know, speaking to your health stuff, there was a period of time where my health was not good and I didn't know what was going on. And I had to do a lot of investigation on that, but that was challenging. Like I, I had taken having energy to do my work in this world as a, you know, a, a given. And when I couldn't, then it, it was challenging to only have sort of four hours in me every day kind of thing to, to really work. That was a big, not just business challenge, but emotional challenge. And then, you know, there've been times where, you know, the sales are off and you're like, what's going on? And you have to do some investigation on, on that because it feels something's off. Like what's, what's not going on here. And, and that can be scary as a business owner when you don't know what's causing the, the shift. The recommendation that I have for people there is like, know your numbers. So what solved my problem around that is I thought all my business was coming in through one stream, like one pathway. And so I kept doing that. But when I actually went back and I looked at my numbers, I noticed that every, you know, all the, the people were coming in through this pathway, not all I'm exaggerating, but 80% were coming in through this pathway. And it was different than what I thought. So when I went back to my previous plan, what I had, what had been working, the business took off again. And that was, it was so important to, to know where your clients are coming from and, and have that tracked so that you can actually, because the numbers don't lie. Like if, if you have the data, you can go back and look and then you're not making an emotional decision. So here's the thing. I believe in intuition. I believe in following your gut. I, the biggest payoffs, if you will, have been based on me trusting my gut and making a decision, even if it seemed like the, the craziest thing to do. And, and they haven't been necessarily data driven, right? But there are things that are important to make decisions on that are data driven, like where to put your marketing efforts, right? Or what things to sell for pe to people. I think you're making a good point. Gut instinct, all that. Great. But support that with data, and and you'll be even more accurate in decisions. Yeah. So knowing your numbers, so you refer to like your lead source, like where your leads coming from, right? So important. So these days, a lot of small businesses using Facebook ads, Facebook advertising, just excellent if you do if you do it well, and you've got the ability to actually do different campaigns, right? And so you can see which which campaigns people are coming from. Might be that might be one lead source. Or you might have a, a good referral system in place with your current customers, and if you don't track, if you're not tracking it, and you're just looking at the bigger picture, you're not really zooming into the detail, you might not know. So, 
maybe an example of that is that you you do realize you do that process you do that spreadsheet you do start tracking all those different lead sources and you and i'm talking to you guys listening by the way i'm not talking to amira giving her a lesson because she already knows that so you know tracking all that you then do realize that okay you know what i'm actually getting more referrals than i'm getting from my paid you know paid advertising great so then you might want to zoom in more on your referral strategies even further or you might say well that's good so actually knowing that that's my that's my stable lead source i need to make sure that I keep more focus, not focus, but I keep, I keep on top of that, make sure that keeps on going and even improving. Then look at, you know, why is, why is the, the paid ads not working and try and tweak those out because they're actually great as well to keep. They're not something that you should drop just because it's not performing. Because I mean, one thing that I've learned in business is, you can't have a business built purely on referrals because that's unpredictable. People's like, I mean, it is, and it's not like you've got, you've got power over it to a certain extent in the quality of service and, and customer care and how your clients love you. And that's how they refer you. But there are other things that happen outside your control. And, and you can't really put a, you can't really put a, a real number on it. So I think that's where paid advertising is excellent because if you do good ad copy, if you do good, you know, great art, and you know that if you're going to give Facebook $1 and it's going to lead in $2 in revenue, then that's excellent as well because then you can scale that and that's purely like numbers game, right? What would you, would you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think it really depends on where you're at in your business, right? So when I first, you know, I got to seven figures that with high personal touch, Mm -hmm. and by all intents and purposes in the digital online marketing world, if you will, I shouldn't have had a seven figure business. Like I had a teeny tiny list. I didn't have a huge Facebook group or social media or, or, or this huge following. And it was by two things, knowing really connecting with people, treating people with respect, and really connecting with them and looking to see how I could solve their problem. Okay. And then second, learning how to do sales in a very effective high service way. Those two things help me get to, to a certain level. So I always help my clients with that because people want to avoid sales. They want like a, a quick fix, if you will. Let's, let's have the funnel, let's have the click funnel, right? And it just, you know, I want it to be automatic, but this is really the fear of rejection coming out. Like, I just don't want to have that conversation because I don't want someone to say something that I don't know how to handle or makes me feel bad or like makes me feel like I, I need to be manipulative or anything. Mm. You don't have to sell that way at all. And you need to get through that. Like sometimes people say business is the biggest personal growth journey. And I would agree with it, but I would say sales is the biggest personal growth journey. Like it, it, it like calls up all your stuff. Okay. So I would start there with people. Okay. And that's, that there is a long there. And then I would look at things like the Facebook ads, lead generation kind of stuff that once you, once you know how to sell, once you can sort of, and, and you're really confident in your product and your service, then, then let's figure out what the lead gen is. Okay. Yes. And, and if you can figure out the Facebook ad and it's, you know, 
it's seductive. Facebook ads are seductive because the, uh, this idea, you put a dollar in, but you get a dollar, $2 out, or you put a dollar in and you get $15 out, right? Like that's, then you just like, then that feels like a cash machine, right? Because mm. the, the return on investment is huge. But what I have found is that, that, that testing and tweaking that takes, that takes a good it's, amount of time, yes, you know, absolutely. Yeah. But once, once you, and, and what we have found in, in our business is that we use Facebook ads to support what we're doing on multiple channels. So, you know, we have a newsletter list, people, people who are on our newsletter list get targeted with our ads as well. And it's reaffirming what we're already doing. Like we're doing that with our, the summit that's coming up. You and I were talking about this before we went live, but we have this unstoppable woman income breakthrough summit and it's virtual and in person. And, and so, so people who are on our newsletter list, they get ads for that. Okay. It's like, keeping it top of mind, reminder, different angle on it. And then of course we're showing it to cold traffic as well, but that's less effective for us. I mean, obviously lead magnets are better than, you know, buy now kind of thing, but we use it as part of an overall strategy, not just a single strategy. And your ads, are they, are they more about around <clears throat> direct action based? So like trying to promote this event, register now, or do you also have a combination of more of, value-based ads that don't really try to sell straight away. They're sort of more at the beginning of that sales cycle and they just try to maybe increase awareness about the value that you can provide, maybe even providing a practical tip. Yeah, we, we've done a lot of different things over the years and, and it all builds. Right now, we promote our podcast. So we have a great podcast and there's certain episodes that people eat up. They just love. And so we just you know, there, we have those reaching cold audiences. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because they're intriguing and, and it gets people to think. And then if they like what they listen to, they want to hear more and they're in our community. And that's also just like value add. We, we have over in, in the past that the podcast process is what we're doing right now. But in the past, we had a whole nurture campaign where we would structure the ads in such a way where, you know, first they saw this, this kind of ad, and then this kind of ad, and then this kind of ad. And it was like, you know, behind the scenes, what's happening in my business. And then like a, a personal post. And then, you know, so the, it was building more no like, and trust yeah. rather than, oh, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which doesn't so, work anyway. It doesn't, but so, so the buy now that we have is the summit, right? We have the summit coming up and but that's really, that's going to warm audiences that people who are listening to the podcast and then they're like, oh, oh yeah, I, I remember she mentioned that. I want to do that. It like, it gets them to think about it again, but they've, they've already connected with us. Yeah. They're the ones yeah. who are much more likely to do it because they already know your content. They've listened to your podcast. You build that trust with them. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. Because in the market, we talk about your ideal avatar. I think you mentioned that before. I was going to tap into that finding out your who your ideal audience is as well of that market of that audience you're competing with with many other business owners who tap into that same audience and they might only be those top three percent who are in buy now take my money now mode but that's only three percent everybody's competing in that and then you've got that major the big majority that isn't but know that but are aware that might need help, but they're not ready to buy. And then you've got another maybe 50% of that who don't even know that they need your services. 
and some some business owners might be like well i don't care about those because they don't they don't need me well they don't they don't know that they need you but they might need you so that's where the goal is as well right by educating them making a longer sales cycle where you say okay well this is going to take maybe 12 months of this person to get more into con- conscious competence not conscious competence but in in realizing they might need your services and you do that through clever content so you kind of feed them here's something that will help you with something and here's something and then you're trying to get them from one platform to maybe your email list and then you continue nurturing them with value 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 and then you offer them something and now you've actually moved them from from that portion of the market to actually more con- considering your services market and that's what you want right absolutely 100% and that's how you make that's how you make impact in the world because what you offer helps people yeah and the more value that you put out there the more of service you are the more it will return to you it's it's the law right mm. and but if you put it out with an energy of getting like i'm giving this in order to get it doesn't expecting work. yeah no don't yeah. expect anything it's it's you should do it with with generosity and and genuine want to help people and that's what yeah. magic happens cuz when you talk about sales right Let's some people yeah we already kind of already kind of started it's part marketing into sales some people still think of sales as a dirty word you know like you've got it's like you've got an agenda you're trying to sell it doesn't feel right well I, my opinion on that is and I'll, I'll get your opinion in a second is you now if you truly believe in what you're offering and you know that's going to help people and you've battle tested it with customers who have you know experienced your services and they loved it and they helped them then there's nothing wrong to, to trying to sell it to another person when you know it's going to make a great impact in their world in a way you're you're providing a solution that's what sales providing is. a service providing a service yes yeah that's going to help yeah. them 100%. So this problem, this is a pretty deep, deep-seated problem. And it stems th- this idea that if I sell something, it's bad, like I'm being greedy or manipulative or um, somehow wrong in this world to sell. Okay. And it has to do with people's perspective on money, how they think about money. Mm. And fundamentally, People think that there's only so much money, a limited amount of money. So that if I sell something to you and you happily give me money, but I have a perspective that there's only so much money in this world, I feel like I'm taking your money away from you and that you're going to be left with less. And I don't want to hurt you. I'm a good person. I don't want to hurt you. That's not how I see myself. But the lie in this is that there's a limited amount of money. The truth is that there's more money in circulation now than there's ever been before. Money keeps growing. It keeps expanding. If you think of how much money was in circulation in the Renaissance versus how much was in circulation in World War I and what's in circulation now, it keeps expanding. Yesterday, there was less money in circulation than there is now. Especially okay? right now in the U.S., there's a lot of printing happening at the moment. 
you can look at it that way, but, but fundamentally there is more money. Yeah. Okay. Like the, the, the amount of money, if you added up the, the, the amount of money that in every country printed or not printed. Okay. Mm. There's more now than there was 10 years ago in the seventies at the turn of the, the 20th century. You have to see this. And it's not just because I waved a magic wand and I'm the treasury. Okay. People are creating more value in this world. Okay. People are creating more. And what people don't understand is that there's, there's more money out there. Okay. It's going to keep getting more and more. You might have a cash flow problem. You might not know how to, you know, create it for yourself, but it's not a lack of money. Okay. But because you don't know how to create money for yourself, you don't know what the methodology is to build your business, to create as much money as you want when you want it. You, you think that there's not enough. You think that there's a limited supply. And if you think there's a limited supply, then I'm taking part of this limited supply from you. I don't want to be that person. So I don't want to sell. But that also then comes down to your belief into what you're selling. Because if you don't believe that's truly going to help and then I think you need to revisit that. Absolutely. 100%. And that would be, and and if you're that someone that that's almost like automatically makes me think like, well, why, why are you? thinking about selling in the first place if it's not something that you know provides value maybe you it's weird. my experience my experience that it's most people who are avoiding selling aren't avoiding it because they think they they're selling snake oil What's the people confidence? who it, it, it it's it's what fundamentally what i just said okay mm. on the surface it looks like confidence and on the surface it's not having the skill set but fundamentally and, and even a layer down from that is like fear of rejection. I don't want you to tell me something that I don't want to hear, which is a no, because I'm going to take it personally. But underneath all of that is what I'm talking about. You don't understand yet that there isn't scarcity, okay? And that's a big deal. The people who are ripping people off, they have no problem selling that, okay? <laughs> the, the, like this is not an issue, okay? For the people who who have fear of selling, they love their product or their service. That's not the issue. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the, it's, it's, if we were to term it or coin it, I think it was maybe also the, the term of abundance, like, like abundance mindset, mm. believing that there is abundant amount of things rather than thinking, Oh, I'm going to take it away and they're not going to have that. So it's a good point. Bring Thank in you. a good point. Thanks, Amira. You're welcome. We've covered so much. What would be top three things that you'd like listeners to walk away with after listening today? Well, we did cover so much. I think the thing that I would like people to understand is that success is fundamentally based on how you see yourself and how you see the world. That if you can change your perspective on yourself and your perspective on the world, meaning your beliefs about how the world works, you can show up differently and you can step into a higher level of freedom, personal peace, but also financial reward. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be as hard as you think. And you can step out of the struggle, but it does require investing 
in yourself, investing the time and quite frankly, the money I had to invest the money to learn these things. Right. Mm. And then, and then apply it. Like the study and the application of this is huge. You can't just listen and then go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. It's like when the rubber meets the road, when you're having a crisis in your business or an issue, you actually do something different. And that's what's going to change things for you. Okay. Number two. I said a lot of things there. I don't know if that was three, but there you go. Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. I'm happy with it. How can people find you? Is there anything that you'd like to offer to our listeners who are interested to know more, especially our female audience looking to perhaps maybe even work with you? How can they find out about you? Sure. The best place to find out about the work we do and learn about me is to go to our website. It's theunstoppablewoman.com. And if you go to our free stuff page, we have a ton of resources there on how to make an income breakthrough. We have a morning mindset club. We have a lot of ways to access great resources immediately, including our podcast, which is the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I do a ton of free content there. So the, the free stuff page is, is as it sounds, theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And then you can find me on all the social media channels. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Amira. I'm going to make sure I'll mention it all in the show notes. Thank you for jumping on the call with me today. I appreciate you, appreciate your time, and I appreciate what you do in the world. It provides a lot of value to many people, and, and it fits great with the notion of inspiring success and, and a lot of value for our listeners that we've been able to provide. I hope. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode as well on the Success Inspired Podcast. If you enjoyed this interview, then please share it with your mates that you think would also benefit from listening. For show notes, links, and extra tips to help you accomplish more in life and realize your potential, please go to successinspiredpodcast.com. Thank you, everyone, and have a great rest of your day.